Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. The title of my message today, the title of the message is called Fasting for Breakthrough. Fasting for Breakthrough. I'm going to do maybe more of a teaching than a preaching, so I'm not going to shout, scream, and spit as much this morning. I will maybe be a little more toned down, but I cannot promise that at some point that that preaching anointing may not jump upon me and, you know, and... uh, I spit when I preach. I'm I'm sorry. I just like projectiles fly when I'm preaching. Amen. Every time I look at my iPad, I always have like little dots and specks on it. I always have to clean it off before the next Sunday. But God is so good. The title of the message is called Fasting for Breakthrough. This month we'll be fasting for breakthrough for our city, for our church, for our lives, for our family, for our communities. And I want to tell you this, every great man and woman of God in the Bible fasted. And the secret to their success and them fulfilling the will and the purpose of God was fasting and prayer. Moses fasted and he saw God. David fasted and he established the nation of Israel. Jesus fasted and he defeated the devil and brought salvation to all humanity. The apostle Paul fasted and brought the gospel into the entire known world without Twitter, without Facebook, without Instagram, without Christian television or satellites. He didn't have, uh, he couldn't send emails out. He on, on, on foot and horse, horseback, he preached the gospel throughout the world because he was a man of fasting and prayer. And I want to tell you this, one of the major breakthrough points for Christianity is when you begin to make fasting and prayer a lifestyle and a part of what you do and what God, uh, what takes place in your life. Fasting is a method that moves you from mediocrity to tremendous success and victory. I'm going to repeat that again. Fasting is a method that moves you from mediocrity to tremendous success and victory. When you have gotten stuck... When things are not moving in your life, when you begin to fast and pray, what happens is you begin to shift things in overdrive and you will begin to see things take place and happen. So let me give you a couple of points about fasting and prayer. First, number one, fasting is not a suggestion but a command that produces breakthrough. Fasting is not a suggestion, but it is a command that produces breakthrough. Jesus says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give. He didn't say if you prayed, if you gave, if you fast. He says when, because he was under the assumption that if you were a part of the kingdom of God, then these three disciplines were already built into your Christianity. Mm. Matthew 6, 16 says this. When you fast, do not look somber somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show that they are fasting. He said, I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. Verse 17. He said, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Excuse me. So that it will not be obvious 
that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done secretly will reward you openly. Now, let me tell you this really, really quickly. When you fast, you do not fast unto man, you fast unto God. And when you fast, he says, fast secretly. That means don't run around telling everyone at your job and at your work and at your school, hey, I'm fasting, please. Don't, don't give me the favorite dessert or the favorite thing. You don't have to announce your fast. Announce the fast to God and do it privately. And God says what you do in private, he will, he will reward you publicly or openly. But I want to tell you this, one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to get believers to separate themselves from the power of divine transformation that's produced through fasting. The devil wants to convince you that you don't need to fast. That's not good for you. Why are you going to deny yourself all of the good food around Elk Grove and Sacramento that you could be eating here in January by doing this silly thing called fasting? But there's something that Satan knows. He knows that if you don't fast, there are certain breakthroughs that you will never experience. Whoa. The devil knows if he can convince you and lie to you and persuade you to not have fasting as a part of your Christianity, there are certain things that you read in your Bible. There are certain things that people have prophesied and spoken over you that will never come to pass if fasting is not a part of your Christianity and your relationship with Christ. But he is afraid of the believer who employs fasting and prayer as a part of their Christianity. Because then that Christian becomes armed and dangerous. Let me tell you several things that happen in the lives of people who do not fast. People who do not fast struggle with these several things. Number one, they struggle with depression. They struggle with low self-esteem. They struggle with unhealthy secrecy. That's talking about the life you have to live and you have to keep it undercover so no one knows what's really going on with your life. They struggle with lust. They struggle with sexual perversion. They struggle with unforgiveness. And let me just rewind for a second. We live in a generation where there are so many things that's trying to get us to lust and desire stuff that we do not and should not have and should not touch and should not participate in. And let me give you a news flash. The devil would convince you and say, well, you're a man, so you're always going to have to lust or live this way or desire these things or you're, you are abused and you're always going to be broken and never live a, a, a life of wholeness and purity. I want to tell you, regardless of your background, what you've done and what has happened to you, if you fast and pray, the power of God has the ability to break perversion, to break lust, and to break unnatural desires. I should have got a better amen in response than that. <laughs> the power of fasting and prayer will give you the ability to forgive people who have hurt you. Mm. 
See, when you've made that statement, I cannot forgive because, and then you list the 100 reasons that you cannot forgive someone who is wounded, hurted, hurt, damaged, afflicted you. And you just can't get it out of your mind what they've done. And you just can't release it from your heart. When you fast and pray, it has the power to break the back of unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred. See, when you employ fasting and prayer, you're breaking out the secret weapons of heaven that allow you to live a successful Christian life. I don't know about you. But I was a good heathen when I wasn't saved. I was good. I was good at, I was good at, at living for me and living for the devil. I was good at it. The devil smiled every day I got up because I was so good at my job. The devil was like, that's my boy. Go ahead. Do you, Johnny boy. <laughs> so when I got saved, I said, Lord, I was all in for the world, so I can't be halfway in for you or, or, or three-fourths in for you. I have to be all in for you. And one of the things the Lord told me in my early Christianity, in the first two or three years of me being saved, he said, John, you must live a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. He said, this is not an option. This is imperative. If you want to live a life of victory, success, triumph, if you want to see what's in the Word of God manifested in your life, you must live a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. Amen. Amen. Amen? And I've been in pastoral ministry for 23 years, even though I was a senior pastor for 20, but I was a youth pastor previous to that. And I always question God. I say, God, why do people who profess the name of Christ, who quote scriptures, who declare the blood of Jesus has set them free, why are they living in the same bondage and the same uh, feathers and afflictions that the people in the world are living in? I said, what's the difference? This person professes Christ. This one lives for the devil, but their lifestyles look very similar. What's the problem? God says because they're not people of fasting and prayer. See, because if you read the book of Galatians, it talks about the works of the flesh. And when you are carnal, when you live in carnality, when your desires lead your life and not the Holy Spirit, you will look just like the world. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all are responding. But what accelerates your Christianity, what causes it to catch fire? And I'm using that term loosely, amen. But what causes your Christianity to catch fire is fasting and prayer. Satan will convince you that satanic uh, or people who don't fast and pray struggle with satanic oppression, failures from the past, habitual sin patterns and generational curses you do what dad did and granddad did and great-granddad did you did what auntie did and, and mama did and great-grandma did and it seems like no one can break the curse but when you fast and you pray you have the power and the authority to break anything that has passed through your family line However, people who do fast and pray, they have these characteristics. Number one, they have joy in their lives. 
When people see them, they see their Christianity, they have that infectious joy because they are people fasting and prayer. Number two, they have healthy self-worth. They're not comparing themselves to other people because not all things are created equal. Everybody is different. Everybody's unique. But you have a healthy, healthy self-worth because you understand that individually you are fearfully and wonderfully made and crafted by the hand of God. And you don't have to compare yourself to anybody else because you are unique. You have been crafted and molded and nobody else on planet Earth is like you. Oh, you are able to forgive past hurts. You overcome life-altering disappointments and failures. I've had so many people ask me over the years, they say, how did you survive Katrina? See, because for those who don't know, we were festival-giving candidates from what happened 17 years ago with Hurricane Katrina. We were homeless. We lost our home, lost our vehicle, had two uncles die during Katrina. One of the two, I did his funeral. We lost our entire congregation. Our building was totally destroyed in the city of New Orleans. We lived at a campground for 32 days on a bunk bed. And when all of that was over with, we could not return to the city of New Orleans for five months before we could actually go back and begin the process of rebuilding. And people said, how? How did you survive all of that? One of those things would have been more than enough, but all of that at the same time? And I said it's because of fasting and prayer. There was something that God built in us through those seasons of fasting and prayer that there was a resiliency that no matter what we faced, no matter what we confronted, no matter how difficult things were, we knew that God was for us and he was going to cause all things to work together for our good. And I don't know if you can put the puzzle pieces together, but if, if Katrina didn't happen, we would have never met Harvest Church. Oh. Wait a minute. So you're saying this tragedy equaled this blessing? Absolutely. See, because in the moment, you're only looking at what's bad happening. And God says, no, from this bad thing, I'm going to cause an arising, and I will create something phenomenal and glorious from what seems like your greatest destruction and downfall. And I just feel this in my spirit. I don't know, somebody went through a divorce, and it was a horrible divorce. And you thought that your life was over when you went through this divorce. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying he set somebody free from a horrible relationship. And he said, your best story is yet to be told on the other side of this thing. See, because I hear like the Holy Spirit saying you were condemning yourself and you're saying, well, I will never bounce back. And you have all of this list of bad things because you went through this divorce. But God says, I saw and I know what you did not know and I understand what you do not understand. And he said, your best days are ahead. God says he delivered you from a toxic and destructive situation that you were being manipulated in. Ooh. The other person was pulling strings and manipulating your life. And God says he delivered you from that manipulation, that witchcraft of a, of a marriage. And he is healing you 
and he's going to restore what the locusts have eaten in the years that have been lost. That's a word for somebody. Mm. Number two, let's talk about this. Fasting will restore your physical health. Fasting will restore your physical health. The lie of the enemy is that fasting will hurt you physically and will harm your body. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8 says this. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief priest for permission not to defile himself. Let me give you a quick background. Daniel and his friends have been brought from Jerusalem into uh, Babylon as fugitives because the nation of Israel was totally destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel and his friends are Jewish, and they have certain dietary laws that God has given the Jewish people and they are still in a place of captivity trying to honor God by following the dietary laws that God gave them. So when they presented the food before Daniel and his three friends, they could not eat those food be foods because they would make him unclean. So he says to, to the guy in Babylon, he says, listen, can you give us uh, uh, vegetables and water and we will eat these for 10 days. And then after 10 days, this is, this is verse 12. He says, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables and water to drink. And then compare our appearance with the one of the young men who have eaten the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. Verse 14, so he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Verse 15, and at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 16, and the guard took away the choice food and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. And these four men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And at the end of this time, King Nebuchadnezzar brought them before him, uh, before the chief officials brought them before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with Daniel and his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And when they entered into the king's service about every matter of wisdom and understanding, the king questioned them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Fasting produced uncommon health and it produced uncommon wisdom and mental capacity. Daniel and his friends were healthier after 10 days of eating vegetable and water than the, the other young men who were eating all of the king's choice food. And it says that God gave them wisdom and understanding of all matters of literature and they were 10 times greater than their peers. There was something that happened with fasting and prayer that unlocked their mental capacity and their ability to think, to reason, and to do things in the Babylonian culture. You may have had ADD or other mental things that have gone on and they say, well, you know, because of this, you can't do this. When you begin to employ fasting and prayer, even God will start to clear up and fix things in your mind and in your mental capacity through fasting and prayer. Yeah. 
We are not a slave to what we were brought into because God has an answer and solution to every problem that we face in life. Mm. Let me skip and move to the last part. Let me give you some practical tips on fasting. Number one, fasting. Establish the length and the scope of your fast before you begin doing it. On January the 15th, we're going to start the 14 days of glory. As you can see, we have these beautiful banners here in the sanctuary, and hopefully they're going to put something online through this broadcast. On January the 15th, we will start the 14 days of glory. Determine what type of fast you're going to do before January the 15th starts. Amen? Now, let me give you several aspects. Number one, the first type of fast that you can do is a veggie and water fast, which we traditionally call the Daniel fast. Who is this fast good for? This fast is great for people with diabetes, people with health issues, people who have to take medications by the doctor, and they say you have to eat something. You cannot be on the empty stomach. Daniel fast is great for first-time fasters, people who've never fasted before, people who, who you don't know how your body's going to respond in fasting. The Daniel fast is a great fast for you to do. Amen? You will not die eating vegetables and drinking water. I'm not going to say you're going to like eating vegetables and drinking water, but you will not die eating vegetables and drinking water. This is a great beginner's fast, and it helps to dramatically improve your health as well as the spiritual benefits. Second fast is a partial fast. This is a fast that that has a restricted diet, such as eating things like soups and broths. You may say, well, for 14 days, I'm just going to eat soups and broths and and different things, or maybe you're going to eat a a bland diet with maybe just rice or or just eating, you know, bread or something along those lines. And in this type of fast, a partial fast, you want to cut out meats and sweets and caffeine and pleasurable foods. Now, I know 15 people backslid when I said cut out caffeine. (laughs) I am going to give a salvation altar call after, so if you got to rededicate, (laughs) you can recommit. (laughs) They say, I'm leaving the church. You can't take away my coffee. No, can't do it. The third type of fast that you can do is a liquid fast, which is comprised of like juices and fresh juices, smoothies, and protein shakes. I don't know if you've uh, seen that documentary, uh, uh, Sick, Fat, and Nearly Dead. I don't know, is it like a juicing documentary? I didn't make that up. That's the name of the documentary. And the guy juices for like 
40 days or something ridiculous and all of these health issues he had went away. And I want to tell you, you can live off of, of, of a liquid diet of juices and smoothies and protein shakes for extended periods of time and not have any adverse health effects. Actually, you will have improved health. Amen? The fourth type of fast you can do is a water fast. And this is where you drink water only for a certain time period. Now, let me say this. I would not attempt a water-only fast if you are unfamiliar with fasting. Unless you get a thus saith the Lord. Water fasting is phenomenal. But water fasting is difficult on the body because your body has to acclimate to not eating food. Now, I'm saying this to the glory of God. I'm not saying this to brag, only to let you know that you can do extended water fast. I've done several extended water fasts. And then in 2017, I did a 21-day water fast. I drank water only. I did not have protein shakes or crackers or anything else. I lost 37 pounds in 20 days. I did not die. I did not have adverse health issues. I didn't have anything that happened to me afterwards. Water fasting is the type of fast that Jesus did on his 40 day in the wilderness. Water fasting is phenomenal, but I would say you have to acclimate into water fasting. Amen. If God tells you to do it, do it, but be led by the Lord and don't try to, don't, don't let your ego cause you to do this. Amen. All right. And then uh, the next fast is a hybrid fast. This is where maybe you can do uh, three or four days with water. And then you can do maybe another four or five days with juice. And then you can take another three or four days with soup. And then you can close the fast out with maybe eating vegetables or something with more substance because you're progressing the fast from, from starting with water to juices to broths and soups and to vegetables. You can do a hybrid fast. And then the final type of fast that I, I would say is really good is doing a one meal a day fast. And this is where you say, well, maybe I'm not going to eat breakfast and I won't eat lunch. But at a certain time, whether it be 6, 7, 8 o'clock p.m., that you then eat a meal at the end of the day. There is still a physical restriction doing this fast that is really powerful that helps you to have breakthrough. Amen. Now, let me bring forth a, a quick point of clarity. If you do not watch social media or television, that is not a fast. That's called abstinence. You're abstaining from an activity. The word fast literally means to put your hand over your mouth. So fasting has some element of dietary restriction. Amen? Praise God. So if you don't watch Instagram for 14 days, you did not fast. You just saved yourself a bunch of drama. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let me close with this. Praise God. Did anyone learned a little bit today? Yeah. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
during the time of fasting, you want to spend time with your Bible and spiritual materials, whether it be Christian books or something like an area that you want to grow in your faith, you want to have maybe a prayer list, uh, I think this is a great time to pray for those lost family members or pray for that business that, that you desire to launch or, or, or pray to get into that school that you've always, take a prayer list into this fast believing God. This is a time to worship and to spend time exalting his name. And this is a time to journal because in fasting, God is going to speak to you. So keep a journal to document what the Lord is speaking to you by the Holy Spirit or from the word of God. And you should abstain from activities like social media, uh, YouTube, Netflix, and excessive watching of news. And the reason why is because when you fast, your spirit becomes open to the spirit realm. And anything that you are taking into your spirit and your mind is amplified during the time of fasting. That's the reason why you want to be in the word of God, because you want that to be amplified and not other things. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Put uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. I'm just going to give you 10 seconds to read that. I'm not even going to read that. I'm going to let y'all read that. Amen. All right. During the time of fasting and prayer, no hanky panky. No hanky panky. It's gonna be all good. You you day fifteen. You're good. Amen. You put that scripture back up again. <laughs> For a period of time, if both agree to it. For the purpose of fasting and prayer. Amen? Amen. All right. No hanky-panky. Praise Jesus. All right. And here's the last thing. Please rearrange your schedule to accommodate your fasting and prayer time. This is not the time to see if you can get your max bench press at the gym during the time of fasting and prayer. This is not the time to try to run the marathon and, and during the time of fasting and prayer. You can do all of those things afterwards, but this is a time to really focus in on God and allow God to do something phenomenal in your life. Matthew 16, 17, and 18 says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Worship team, you can come up. We're going to close here. I just want to pray over you and bless you. This is my prayer to close service. I want to pray that God would give you the grace to fast and pray for the 14 days of glory. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders during this time of fasting and prayer. I do not want you to miss out on what God is doing. We're not forcing anyone to fast, but we're giving you an invitation to see something phenomenal in your life. God is going to do something special. If you're 
want to believe God for just grace where you're at just stand up and we're going to pray and I want to just bless you and pray for God's grace over you during this time of fasting and prayer if you're undecided and you say you know what I'm not sure if I want to participate in the fast that's okay I want to pray and ask God to speak to you Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all those who are standing right now in the name that's above every name. God, I pray for your people. I know that you're calling harvest on a corporate fast. And I know that you desire to do something phenomenal and life-changing here in this church and in this community. God, I pray, Father God, that you would touch us in a supernatural way and that you would cause the power of God and the grace of God to be released to us as we fast and pray. God, I'm praying that you would touch us, Father God, and you would give us what we need so that we can go through the 14 days of glory. And God, I pray the very title is exactly what would happen, that the glory of God would descend from heaven and that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here in Elk Grove at Harvest Church as it is in heaven. Let us see things we've never seen. Let us experience things we've never experienced. And let us walk in the manner of power and authority that we've only read about in the Bible. God, I pray that this time of fasting and prayer would unlock something in the spirit realm that would manifest in the natural realm, Lord God. And I pray, Father, I bind every spirit of fear that the enemy has tried to release and cause people to say, I can't do that, or that's dangerous, or I'm not able to. God, we bind that spirit of fear right now, and I declare that you'll give people faith to believe you for the impossible. And as your sons and your daughters fast and pray, you are going to do something supernatural in the name of Jesus. And let us testify. Let us testify. Let us testify, Lord God, of what you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus. Where you're at, if you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to pray with you right now. And this is going to be a very brief altar call because we're going to take communion. But if you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ and you say, I, I want to know God, I want to have a relationship with him. If that's you, just please come and meet me at the altar quickly. I want to pray with you and believe God to do something in your life. We never want to miss the opportunity to give people an opportunity to come to heaven. Amen. Is that anybody today? You're saying my new year's resolution is to surrender to god well guess what we're going to start off the year right in the name of jesus amen is that anybody today that we can pray for and believe god to enter into the kingdom of heaven is, is that you anyone today amen praise god hallelujah amen come on down Please, please come. Just bring them, bring them down with you. Come and escort them down. We're going to pray and believe God to save, save souls today, man. Praise Jesus. Anybody else? Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Come on down. Amen. God is so good. No, no. Yeah, you just stay down here, ma'am. It's okay. Praise God. Anybody else? Anyone else need to surrender to give their hearts to the Lord? It's okay. It's all good. Praise Jesus. Awesome.
ladies coming over there in the corner. She doesn't have to just, when she gets to the steps, we'll just pray for her right there. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. You're good right there, my sister. God bless you. I want to tell you this. The Bible says, amen, flash flood warnings. Amen. There's going to be a flash flood of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. The Bible says this. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto repentance. We're confessing and asking him to come into our hearts and save us today. And if we do that by faith, he's going to come in and live on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. So where you're at, let's just pray and let's pray this out loud. Y'all hold on, ladies. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to come into our hearts and be the Lord of our lives. Jesus, transform us and change us from the inside out. I believe that you died and you rose again on the third day that I might be born again. So Holy Spirit, live inside of me because you are the spirit of Christ Jesus. Transform me and never let me be the same in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Y'all give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.